You're listening to the Wallsworth Yearbooks Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to my second bonus episode of Yearbook Chat with Jim with the staff of the award-winning Odyssey Yearbook from University High School in Orange City, Florida. Last September, I interviewed advisor Courtney Hanks, who was named a 2018 JEA Rising Star, and then later that fall, the Odyssey was named a CSPA crown winner and an NSPA finalist. In November, I checked back in with her, met her leadership team, and started learning about their process as they began creating the 2019 book. Today, along with Courtney, I have Emily Edwards, Editor-in-Chief. Hey. <laughs> Jonathan Jackson, Editor-in-Chief. Hello. <laughs> Jordan McKendrick, Managing Editor. Hi. Brooke Williams, Managing Editor. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> and Julie Annunziato, one of the staffers. Woo! Hey, guys. <laughs> well, thanks to each of you for taking your time to speak with me today. I know how precious every minute is this time of year. And I hear, as is happening around yearbook staffs around the country, you're all a little sick. So <laughs> I hope you I hope you get well soon. So let's just jump right in. Sound good? Yes. Yep. Okay, last time we talked, you shared a little bit about your theme process, um, but you weren't quite ready to announce what your theme is for 2019. So will somebody kind of take me through the process, how you got to what you landed on and how it's going? Well, back in, um, I want to say like August was when we like really decided on what our theme was. And we were kind of just thinking about like what was going on in our year because it was just so early that we really didn't know but we all kind of had like the same feeling of just being unsure of what was going to happen and we kind of took that feeling and made it into our theme essentially and so our theme phrase then became um not exactly but it works okay so tell me a little bit about what that means so essentially, it's about the feeling of things not quite fitting together or not quite being what they were expected to be, which is the not exactly. And then the but it works is kind of picking up the pieces and making something out of that. Yeah. Has it been a rough year or has it been a smooth year um, in terms of what's going on at the school? I would say it's been more of a rough year in the fact that a lot of our honor societies and a lot of our clubs um a lot of seniors from last year were the ones who started those clubs and really built them up from the ground up so this year was more of a rebuilding year in those ways but um this year a lot of the a lot of the student leadership is kind of like lacking yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah how's school spirit um uh non-existent (laughs) like our school like People try and go to things, but our student section is always very small. Even like at the football games this year, they weren't very large. Yeah. So you can kind of you kind of take some of the negative, but you're turning it positive. Yes. Is that kind of how it goes? Well, tell me a little bit about also, I know you spent a lot of time picking your design looks and your color palette. How did you go about doing that and what are they? So our color palette took the longest to come up with. We 
look through a lot of colors from like June till August when we, right? August is when we like, I think around August, yeah. We really decided what we wanted. So we have a very bright color package. It's almost neon. Yeah, almost a neon color package. But then yeah. the photos with the black and white. Yeah, we kind of toned it down when we have like our black and white like photos throughout, but the main colors are like almost like a neon pink and a, a very bright blue, um, a very like medium toned green, and then a yellow. What's your theory about using color? Will those colors appear on every spread, throughout one section? How do you distribute those colors? We never let more than two colors on a single spread. And especially the green and the blue, not the green, the blue and the pink are never on the same spread because we've decided that it looks like cotton candy and it just looks <laughs> a little bit too kiddish for us. Yep, yep. But we are starting to see that we... we. <laughs> so sometimes, like, if, if, if the spread needs it, we'll do a pull color on it. So, like, the social media spread we're working on, we're doing the Snapchat on it. So that's bright yellow. And so we pulled, yep. we pulled that bright yellow for the rest of it. And then do your your individual designers get to pick the colors on their spreads or do the managing editors kind of assign them a color palette? How does that work spread to spread to spread? Yeah, the staffers pick their own colors. And then the only thing that might happen is if um, two, like one set of colors is being used on like multiple pages back to back, we'll like shift it to try and make sure everything isn't like the deep green and the deep blue. Julia, do you want to speak a little bit? How's this process been for you, having to integrate the things that the editors want you to put in and then putting your own spread together? It's actually not that bad, to be honest. The colors that we picked, because we get to pick them ourselves, and a lot of times there isn't like overuse of them. Well, there probably is, and you guys fix that. But (laughs) for the most part, we're doing it ourselves. So it feels really, really cool. And any changes that they do, they bring up to you so you know what's happening. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Your managing editor will let you know how it's changing and all that. Exactly. Yes. Because that's what I what I was taken with last time. And what makes you guys amazingly unique is that individual staffers are empowered to do so much more than they are in many schools. So the idea that you all do all the parts, you're all designing and and writing and taking photos, but then each individual person has so much more choice in the process. And so, Julia, you must feel, you know, pretty connected to what's going on. Yeah, I do. Well, that's great. Well, now tell me about your fonts. How did you come up with your font package? What's the look you're going for? I mean, I'm seeing some of the same kind of things across the country. What did you come up with and what are you using? Um, so for our fonts, we have three different types of fonts that we're using on every single spread. We have a serif font and a sans serif font. And um, the way that we've been kind of like using them is that our... Our Cuesta is a serif font. Yeah, our, we have Cuesta Grande and it's... Cuesta Grande Black. Cuesta Grande Black, whatever. And <laughs> that one's always, in our headlines, we always jumble that specific font which yeah. kind of goes along with like the visual verbal connection with the not exactly because the words right. are not exactly straight. And then we have our font Porter, which we always use capitalized and it is also featured in all of our um, headline packages for our mods and our main headlines. And then we use Archon regular, 
which is for all of our um, like coffee fonts. Yeah, is it a, is it sans serif? I think it is. Can't remember. And does it carry every bit of text in the whole book? Is that of body text? Um, yes. Yeah. Sometimes we'll put some of the porter in just to accent, but the archon is the whole thing. Yeah, it's a sans serif. Oh, that's great. So have you been happy with how it's all going together? Have yeah. there been any like design issues that have come up with the things that you picked? I mean, originally we tried to jump with a porter and we looked at it and we were like, oh God. <laughs> and so we didn't do that again. Yeah. It's mostly finding a balance between like what we should be jumbling and what should be more like straight text and not really like messing around with the look of each headline as much as we used to do. Oh, that's great. But overall, you still love your font package. I mean, that was one thing I always wanted for my students. Even in February, when you're looking at it, you go, that's my font. I still love it. So you're still loving it? Yes, a lot. <laughs> that's great. Okay. So we last spoke in November. What happened since we last talked? How did how did the rest of November and December go making those deadlines? Um, I, I don't really remember. Like, I, <laughs> it's like having a baby. You forget. Yeah, right. Yeah. How many pages did you have done by Christmas? 106. Okay. <laughs> well, I just remembered I listened to our podcast earlier. You were shooting for 130. Um, it was 130. <laughs> it's just 106. I think might have been that December deadline. It might have been that the 30 was from the one from November added to it. Oh, there you go. Could be. I, yeah. No, we're all. It's. It goes by fast. <laughs> it goes by fast. <laughs> yeah. Tell me some of the big lessons you've learned so far along the way here. What have we learned as leaders? What have we learned as designers? Anything. One thing I've learned is that when the staffers were like struggling to come up with ideas on what to cover. You can't have like an idea of like the story you want to tell. You have to find out the stories by talking to those people. Okay. Um, I feel like me personally, I struggled a lot in the beginning half of the year because I was trying to like go over the heads of the staffers and work for them as opposed to working with them. Yeah. And I feel like collaborating with them more instead of just saying, hey, this is what I want you to do and I want to t t try and see this story. I feel like that's when I actually started like succeeding in like my role. And you're, and you're Jonathan, right? Yes, sir. And so do you work mostly with the managing editors or do you work with the individual staffers too? It's a balance. I feel like lately it's been more managing editors just because of that, uh, the big February deadline. But um I try at least as much as I can to try and see where the staffers are and to see what they might be struggling with. I mean, it does sound like you guys have a good system for connecting with everybody in the room and on staff all the time. So people don't have a big opportunity to kind of fall by the wayside. I mean, that's kind of the whole point is um, if you do your best to make sure everyone can at least succeed to the best of their ability, then, I mean, this might sound like weird, but like the less like cleanup we have to do on the back end. So right. it, it's in everyone's best interest to try and make the entire program better from the ground up. Because once the staff are better, we can, we can work on telling better stories as opposed to slapping something on the page and just getting it and shoving it out the door. Right. I mean, I'm still amazed the quality that you guys get by having everybody do their own designs 
And I guess the success comes from you walk with them every step of the way. You don't let them go totally by themselves and totally fall on their face. You're helping them with little steps along the way. And we do revise a lot of the designs. Um, not me because I'm just bad at design. But uh, <laughs> our design editor and Emily and Brooke and Jordan and Joey, they're all really good at design. So they're they're doing everything they can to try and make it make it better because yeah. I'm really just more focused on the words because that's that's what I'm good at. And are there like now how many staffers you were losing a few staffers when we talked last time? How many people do you have as staff and how many people still as editors? It hasn't changed since last time we spoke. So it's like fifteen or what how many staffers are actually working on spreads? She has They're counting with their fingers right now. <laughs> 11 staffers. Yeah, that's what it was last time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then each managing editor has a few of those staffers that they look after. Yes. That's great. Well, how's the managing going, my two managing editors, Brooke and Jordan? Um. So this is Brooke, and I would say comparing now from the beginning of the year how I was talking, I think I started off as an editor, you want to be kind of – hands off for a little bit so kids can learn but I feel like I started too disconnected and I've kind of learned now that like I still need to be checking in at least every other day you can't just take like people's words and I I trust my staffers but I need to make sure they're where they're at like weekly so now I check in more it's kind of just what I've learned yeah and with my staffers, I kind of want to make sure that they have a plan rather than having like their ideas that they want to have for the spread. I want them to have like an order that they want to get those things done in, because I think once you start messing around with a bunch of different things, it makes the process a bit longer rather than addressing one thing at a time. Yeah. Anybody else on some big lessons? Julia, what have you learned? Uh, sometimes things aren't going to go like originally the way you <laughs> wanted or planned. Because people get sick, they're not here, or they just they just cancel for no reason. But it's okay because you can still work through them. It's not like it's the end of the world. Like you can still keep going and you'll still make a great yearbook. And and did you have any photo experience before you came into the class? Uh, I took journalism last year, but we didn't really use the cameras, so it was kind of all new to me. Like the uh, what did we do over summer? What the camp we did? Like that. Oh, the boot camp? Yeah, the boot camp really helped with photos and things. But you have to take, you're taking your own photos, correct? Yes. Tell me about some amazing experiences you had as a new photographer. Do you have some photos on your spreads that you just love? Yes. So for like my National English Honor Society ones, I'm part of the club. So I was there when they were doing things with students at another school, like helping out with little kids and such. And it was just really awesome to like get to meet all these kids and see the interactions that they're having and what an impact we're making on them. Oh, that's great. And most staffs, everybody isn't a photographer. So it's great that you all get that experience for sure. Right. So any other big lessons? I've learned that we definitely need to try and branch out from like our traditional spreads that we do. Recently, we've like, instead of trying to like force content onto a spread, we've been kind of messing around with design a lot more than we were doing in the beginning of the year. Cause like in the beginning of the year, a lot of our spreads were just traditional ones. And now we're starting to actually like take the coverage for like what we have and just make it completely different than like what we traditionally do. Yeah. Can you tell me maybe about one spread that evolved that way? 
Um, so in the beginning, like our first deadline that we had, we had a spread for our web design classes and it was going to look like a traditional spread is going to have like photography from the classroom and then like um, just like two mods, like any other spread would have. And we got towards our third deadline and the spread was still unfinished. It The content was there, but it wasn't looking very good. And it kind of just looked like we threw a bunch of mods together on a page. <laughs> yeah. And so our design editor and our advisor looked at it and we looked at one specific mod that was on the page about our um, web design teacher. And like, it was the 10 year anniversary of him having this puppet from like his previous years as teaching. And so we blew up that mod, made it a whole entire like page on the spread. And we took this great portrait photo our photography editor did. And then we made the mod copy a little bit longer, interviewed a few more people, and that became the whole left side of the page. And then the entire right side of the page just became a ginormous mod. And so we took out all the extra mods and extra coverage and just simplified it down. And now that's like a very beautiful page in our book. Yeah, Miss Hanks sent me a copy of it. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it is beautiful. And the color's great. Thank you so much. Love that green. Well, both green. <laughs> so do we have more spreads like that? And are these different from your wow spreads, your, you know, special interest kind of spreads? And I, and I do have to say that the thing for me, one of the things for me that made your book so absolutely amazing were those incredible wow spreads that you had last year. I mean, the ones with all the kids with the different languages, the one about, I think it was about stress. They were all fantastic. So are we having more of those this year then? Because the design is, is dri- the content's driving the design or how are those going? Well, we have our, like our slough spreads that we always set aside. And those ones look amazing. They're, the design of them is going to look completely different than most of our spreads in our book. And which ones are we doing? Right so now? right now, our wow spreads are a social media issue spread about um, teenagers kind of realizing the kind of influence that social media has on their lives. And uh, we focused that one on a story from a kid in our school who got in a car accident being on Snapchat. So once we had the story, then they come up with the design from there. And where did the, where did the design inspiration come from those? All over the place or one particular place? We mainly look at Pinterest, especially when we're trying to figure out what we want the look to be because we were trying to do an illustration. And so we went on Pinterest to see what like kind of style of illustration we wanted to. But we mostly just look at magazines and just random places to find inspiration. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see those. Tell me about some of the other ones. We're also doing a thrifting spread because thrifting has been so big this year. And we found inspiration on Pinterest to do kind of like a play with the headline and using like thrifted items to create a headline packaging for it instead of just doing text. So explain to the audience a little bit about what you mean by thrifting. So when kids in our school go out to like um, a Goodwill or go out to like different like um use clothing stores and they purchase clothes there for a lower price. So that's back now. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> that comes at what that was big. That was a big thing at my school a while ago. It kind of comes and goes. Yeah. We usually do a trend spread, but we thought that like this year, the clothing trends were kind of like the same as they were last year, more nineties. So for our trend spread, we decided to do an activity, which was thrifting. 
Oh, that's cool. So how many of those spreads did you allot space for? And have they all been done or they're all still in process? Everything's in process. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's exciting. So is that the, is that the thing that you're most excited about now? The, those spreads and then the way you're letting your content drive your design in new ways? Yes, we, I love that it's really exciting to see like uh because like we have our traditional spreads like um our culinary spread is usually like a dominant packaging with mods but we've changed that completely and so like our regular spreads are starting to look like wow spreads instead and it just makes our book look more creative which i really love yeah i love that too i mean we we have kind of gotten into the super over modification you know mods everywhere kind of thing so that's exciting. And then I, I have to read this. Miss um, Hanks, who is a great tweeter, this was her quote that she tweeted not too long ago. Your book is most exciting when kids approach spreads with creative designs inspired by the stories they want to tell. Don't get stuck in a box of this is how it's got to be. So, Courtney, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Just what you've been seeing uh, even beyond what the kids have already said? Um, actually, I'm let Johnny take that one. <laughs> Content-driven design, Johnny. Okay, so um, I think a lot of the stuff we've been doing is trying to get away from like standard LQTQ copy. Yeah. Um, so in our English reading history spread, we had a teacher email us about kids doing rap battles about Macbeth. <laughs> so we went in and on the page, it's the kids' actual raps, and it's quotes about like maybe where some of the inspiration for the lines came from, maybe the process of making it itself. And um, I know in our model UN spread, which can kind of be very boring to photograph and like no one really wants to hear about like model UN, model, model UN <laughs> because model UN. <laughs> no, but um, instead of standard copy, um, I got a paper that, the team from our school used to like win the conference and solve the problem of the conference. And there's notes and it's like an annotated version of that where he's kind of explaining it so that I can understand it. And then like step up the yeah. copy on that. And so step up, the copy for step up is a first person narrative from the perspective of a girl in our dominant, like the main focus of our dominant photos shirt. Wow. So when it was bought to the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and where do the ideas come from? Are, are you just like you're in this risk-taking mode where you just want to kind of break loose and try some new things? Or where does all this come from? I feel like for the most part, I've been in Europe for three years and I just, writing LQTQ, it's like cool. It's like whatever. But at some point, you just want to do something else. Yeah. It's like eating a PB&J every day for lunch. It just gets cool. <laughs> yeah. Do you still have some of those, though? Yeah, because sometimes it's the best method to tell the story you want to tell. And right. when LQTQ is not the best mode of telling a story you want to tell, then you have to use another format. And that's, I think that's where we're really going. We're trying to, we have a bunch of like formats of this like handout that we use, and we ask our staffers, what do you think is the best way to tell this story? Because at the end of the day, if you don't want to write it, no one's going to want to read it. I love that. I love that. I love that. I want to emphasize that you ask the staffer to find out what they think the best way to tell the story is. 
And so you're not telling them what the best way is. You're helping them discover perhaps a better way. And I, I mean, I think that you're really onto something incredible when you really make that happen. And it sounds like you guys as leadership are really making that happen. And I think that's something exciting for the future of yearbook. And sometimes we do go with an idea. Like for cosplay, there is a there's a girl at our school who dressed up as Valkyrie and from the Thor Ragnarok. And her a lot of her like struggles with cosplay are her seeing people of color play roles that are generally white in their source material on the big screen. Yeah. And so she drew inspiration from that. So um, we went to Julia. That's actually Julia spread. Woo! So <laughs> she was talking a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, good. Yes. Uh, so what we're doing is it's really cool, but she does her own personal narrative where she kind of writes about her experience and what it means to her. And it's all her own words. And then we kind of just go in and edit it with her so we can use it in the book. But it's still what she's saying and her emotions put onto the paper herself. And how did you come up with this? Where did it come from? That's kind of like a group thing more than... It's collaborative. Yeah. A lot of times it's like here... I like to think about like problem solving. Okay, so we want to do cosplay. We've got kids that can do this. And then we find the kids. We find the stories. We're like, actually, there's a lot we can be doing with this. This is super cool. Let's go ahead and give it the space. We'll make it a full spread. And then we talk about what we want it to look like and ideas for the story of what, you know, what's the best voice for this to come from. And, you know, they all sit around and they decide themselves what they think is going to be the best bet. And then... Especially for those, it's personal narratives are so much more engaging than a lot of other types of copies. So where we can this year, we're trying to, you know, place a couple of them. The first one was the senior step up day where the t-shirt tells the story. And it it was just so fun. Like when the editors started going back through it and revising each other's work and they saw that story, they were like, wait a minute, I want 10 more of these. These are so fun to read. So we're trying to bring them in where we can. Yeah. That's definitely one of our bigger news. We also do like long form quotes, which are just great because they're also that first person perspective. Right. It's a lot of student voice coming through in the book. Yeah. There's something about, you know, everybody loves to read memoirs now. And so it just, it's that same thing as letting the people speak for themselves and not trying to put too much of the writer into it. Exactly. So uh, let me go a little bit. Julia, are you a junior or a sophomore or a senior? I'm a sophomore. So this is my first year in your book for me. Yeah. So has this been intimidating for you at all? Uh, A little bit towards the end because things are starting to get more stressful with the deadline approaching. But honestly, overall, it's been a really good experience. And I really can't wait to do this again next year. Yeah, that's exciting. I'm I'm proud of you for what you've done. Just I can tell how good you are. And so let's go back. We kind of went down that road. Any more? insight you guys have gotten from this journey so far, just personal kinds of things that you want to remember, the big lessons kind of stuff? So big things you guys have learned. So let's think about timing. What about timing stuff? Um, I've learned that like we can't make things happen <laughs> even if we need them to. So like it goes back to like having content for our like our spreads, like if we, right now we're struggling a lot with a specific spread about um, our National Honor Society. Every, they haven't been doing as much as they previously have done. And so like the spread just is empty right now. There's no photography and like the content is really, really empty. And we, I can't make the content appear. Like, <laughs> yeah. Now it's just learning. It's like relearning that we just have to kind of like go with what we have and we just have to 
re-interview everybody and just find a story that we can stick with because we have nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it will happen. It will happen. Um, I think just overall accountability has been something that I've just learned is really important, whether it's like you're an editor and you need to hold your staffers accountable. Like if they say that they have a plan or they're saying that their interview is tomorrow, I have to like really make sure that that is a thing that's set in stone and that is happening. (laughs) Yeah. Otherwise words that don't really mean anything. Yeah. They have to show you, not tell you that's for sure. Yeah. Additionally, I think a big part of that is holding yourself accountable in ways because it's very hard for us as editors to say, oh, like like if someone doesn't meet deadlines, it's very hard to say, oh, like you didn't meet deadline. Like what happened when we don't meet our own deadlines? Right. You lead by example. You have to, because if you don't, then then the talk is, oh, why am I going to listen to this Bob if he doesn't have his work done? Yeah, for sure. Anybody else on Insight? One thing I've learned kind of from my staffers is how bad they like want to get the spread done and how bad they want to tell the story. So like I know a couple of my staffers, they had like a not so good deadline and then they both really wanted to make the next one really good. So they both got on top of their stuff like faster and like started contacting people and talking to as many people as they could. And they both like did a really good job on that deadline. And I think it really showed and they both grew a lot I noticed like within their captions both of their captions improved a lot and I think it's just because they wanted to do better that their content came out better you gave them room to learn and grow in the process yes which is pretty cool Yeah, as much feedback as possible it's just so hard because you have to find time for it but the more feedback you get the less cleanup you have at the end absolutely Uh, but at the same time it was also them wanting to succeed and wanting to get better and that was really um, pivotal for those two because they they were really good before, but they really stepped it up in the next year. And seeing that going into next year and seeing that both of them wanting to try and take up more responsibility, it's a great thing to see. Yeah, and not everybody does. Like, not everybody who's in yearbook makes it to year two. I think that's a huge part of it, too. That <laughs> people like to think, like, oh, yeah, we've got to figure it out. Like, I don't have to figure it out. Like, we struggle. There's kids who don't make it, you know, when you think they're going to. And there's kids that, you know, really want to do well in the beginning of the year and everybody's equally excited and then they lose steam. So we've got those kids too that, you know, we do have to support extra. And then when they do turn in their stuff, we have to spend more time making revisions. And that's the art of leadership of taking people where they are and helping them be the best that they can be. And in 35 years of advising, I never figured it out either. So. <laughs> Glad I'm in the company. <laughs> nice thought. That's for sure. Well, there, there's a quote that uh, Ms. Hanks has on her Twitter. It's by Banksy, and it says, if you get tired, learn to rest, not to quit. What are you guys doing to take care of yourselves in this stressful deadline time that you're going through? What are you doing for fun? How are you taking care of yourselves? <laughs> They're all laughing right now because we're all sick and we're all here today, and it's been like really stressful. <laughs> today we're not taking care of ourselves, but we typically do lots of things. So, what do, what do, you, what do we do, guys? Uh, I love my dog. <laughs> yeah. Your dog does pet therapy with them. <laughs> I have a corgi. I love her very much. Oh, really? I love corgis. <laughs> yes. You and the queen. But that's a Brit, so I guess it fits. <laughs> it does fit. Um, usually like, uh, for like our breaks, 
I mean, we used to do brain breaks, but it like it didn't carry over into like further deadlines because we just when we get stressed out, we just ignore anything that would like kind of distract us. Did we just do a pancake day? I was gonna say that. Kind yeah. of. Did we just did a pancake day. I, I, I don't remember that. that. <laughs> I don't even think I, I ate a pancake that. that day. Maybe you should have eaten a pancake. Yeah, anyway. it would be so stressful. Actually, out. I don't know if you were here. They just, oh, they just that... have fun days without me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had them all around when Emily's gone. You know. <laughs> when we got our award shirt yeah our award shirt day yeah so recently we did our award shirt day what does that mean yeah so the end of award season when um you know pacemakers and crowns and all that are announced we make a big deal out of it we've not been you know nationally competitive for very long and right i want to we started some traditions a year ago when we first started becoming nationally competitive where when we end all that we put a list of all of our achievements onto the back of a shirt and we theme like the shirt and something kind of fun and yearbook buys those shirts for the kids and so all of the kids who are on staff the year previous and are still on staff get the shirt oh that's right i remember i want one of those shirts that's right <laughs> <I said> that. <laughs> yeah, they're really cute this year i'm obsessed with them. i didn't even get one because i miscounted but um <laughs> we'll take a picture of it yeah it's super cute but yeah so we do those and like we do a big cake that day and that's like one of our big celebrations but we just try to make a big deal out of everything that happens try to remember why it's you know why we're here um we do kudos on Slack. Yeah, you guys have to don't do anything positive. All right, MVP. I, I did one the other day. Yeah, so we do kudos on Slack. So, like, the kids will give each other kudos, and then the kids will go in there, and they'll add little, like, faces to it, emojis and stuff, to, like, uh, support each other. I do an MVP every month for that month for my staffs. But, yeah, so it's mostly just, like, trying to keep keep positivity as, like, a tradition almost. Like, you know, I have to make, like, a ritual or routine rather than right. being like a something you just do when you have time because otherwise especially this time of year it doesn't happen well you know um i think i better let you guys go but oh my goodness what a great pleasure to hear what you guys are up to and you know i've just i can see how thoughtful you guys are and i know this book is going to be the best one you've ever done so i can't thank you enough for taking your time when it's the worst time of the year to talk to some crazy guy from California <laughs> about your yearbook to do that. But I really appreciate it. And I know you're going to inspire other staffs around the country. I just, and I just love the, the way that you organize your staff and everyone participates. And then what you're trying to do this year different is you're really letting the story dictate the design. I mean, I think that's revolutionary. So Maybe with if you'll if you'll grant me the honor when you finish the book after your final deadline we'll get again we'll get together and we'll talk again and then maybe when the book comes out one more time that would be super great so thank you very much I really appreciate you guys and you're just wonderful and I can't thank you enough bye Jim bye Jim thank you. Thank you. have a great day bye bye.